Hello and welcome back. I'm Angela Highland and this is Build, Lead, Succeed, the official podcast of the National Association of Women in Construction. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. We hear this all the time, but I have always found this statement to be a bit complicated. This comes down to how you feel when you work. If you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like purpose. It feels like you've put in a good day's work. Well, at the end of the day, you can walk out the door, turn off that side of your brain, and go spend time doing other things that make up your world. Sounds easy, right? Well, many people I know are not having this experience, and they are not sure that they are supposed to be where they are in life. They are not certain that they are doing what they love. They are not miserable. Well, some are, but most are okay with their current status, but they want more. They are just not sure what it is that they want. They are just not sure what they want to be when they grow up. And conversely, if they do know what they want, they are not sure which way to go to get it. Well, today I want to dig into this conversation with a lady that I am so proud to call my friend. Kizzy Ferrer is the Organizational and Business Development Manager with Mills in Nebraska, a large contractor here in Orlando, uh, specializing in a broad array of architectural building products. She's also a trained speaker and facilitator and a well-known rock star in the Newark circles and an inspiration to many. Welcome, Kizzy. Thank you so much for having me. So I invited Kizzy to talk about this because she and I have been having this ongoing discussion for a number of years because we can heavily relate to this subject. We are both coaches and mentors and um, have sought out these answers regarding this topic, not only for ourselves, uh, but, you know, for our circle, for the women in NAWIC that we hang out with and that we talk to every day. Today, I thought we would share some of the things that we have learned along the way. But first, to add some context to the conversation, I want you to know who Kizzy is and the journey that she's been on because her story is relatable. We can all get something out of her story. So Kizzy, talk a little bit about your career in construction, how you got into the industry, and how you got where you are today. Well, it's not uncommon for anyone to tell you their story um, and for it to start by them saying, well, this was definitely not where I thought I would be when I started. <laughs> because um, so many of us have um, come into the construction industry from other industries, um, thought that our career was going to go in a totally different direction and just took advantage of an opportunity made available to us. And it turned out to be such an amazing career. So that's exactly what happened to me. About 20, 21 years ago, um, I came to Orlando on vacation, believe it or not. And um, while I was at a, a dance recital for one of my cousins, a lady leaned over and asked me what I was doing this summer. 
And um, a few days later, she uh, dropped me off uh, at my first day of work at the company that her and her husband um, and another partner ran. It was an electrical contracting business, and I was supposed to be there just for the summer as a receptionist. Well, that turned into a 10-year tenure with <laughs> during the summer my my family decided to move to south florida and here i was just having this amazing like adventure for the first time out on my own and having now a career in front of me so that started as a as i said a receptionist with this small electrical minor, minority electrical contracting company and while i was there i just you know being inquisitive as I was, I wanted to learn every day something that someone was doing. So I got, you know, with the estimators and tried to figure out, um, you know, how they were doing their job, what I could help with. And that really, that inquisitiveness really opened a lot of doors for me, I have to say. Um, before, before you know it, I was the office manager for that company, and then I became a project coordinator because I started um, just learning how to put together submittals, learning about the projects, learning about um, assisting the estimators. I learned more about the materials. We were an electrical contracting company, so I was coordinating with fire alarm contractors and intercom contractors and lighting um, vendors, and it was just all so interesting to learn all these things. And during that time, I remember um, this one meeting, my boss called me into his office and said, what are you doing with your life? And I was like, well, I'm working for you. <laughs> and he said, well, you know what? Um, since you're working for me, you are going to have to think about your education. And I'm going to give you some time. I want you to think about how you can advance yourself. You're doing so well here, but you need to invest in yourself and get an education. Little did I know, Angela, it was just gonna turn out to be such a blessing for me because I did the research. I, I've, I'd always been interested in business, even though I was in construction, I knew I wanted to um, to pursue a business degree. And, and so I got enrolled at Valencia and um, after my first semester, I got all A's. And I remember, you know, being so proud of myself and bringing my report cap card back to my boss. And he said, that was a test. We will pay for the rest of your education at Valencia. And I was able wow. to get an AA degree while working for that company. Um, from there, um, during the downturn of the economy, I transferred from that company to work for a professional employment organization. I loved the fact that I got exposure to HR, um, but the boring parts of HR left me a little bit scarred. <laughs> and so I loved the client relations. I loved going out and talking to um, clients and um and meeting them and onboarding employees, but the mundane, you know, data entry parts of it was just not for me. And the first opportunity I got to return to construction, I took it. And during the time being away from construction, I had a lot of time to think. I always wanted, had been curious about you know, what it would be like to work for a general contractor on the on the contracting side of the business that built the entire building. Um, Working for an electrical contractor, it always intrigued me, you know, talking to their project coordinators and their project managers. It just it was always intriguing. 
Um, at the time I was pursuing my degree at UF um, and I said, you know what, I want to transition to that side of the business. And so I called up someone who I had, had known, worked for a GC, and that person took me to a, a NAWIC meeting and introduced me to a couple of HR directors, and um, and they helped me to transition my career to, uh, to the general contracting side of the business. And I really, really am where I am today because of the NAWIC connections that I, that I made during that first meeting. So I'm so very thankful for that. Um, my career continued to advance and actually it, it advanced very quickly, both in part because I was really learning a lot being at this new um, GC firm. I, I had to get up to speed. I took as many courses through the NAWIC Education Foundation that I could, mm -hmm. which is amazing that NAWIC offers this arm of um, education through this foundation. And that really helped me to fill in the gaps because I, I said I was doing a business degree and was working for a general contractor with people who were 30 years in the business, my senior. So I you know, was able to take these education courses from NAWIC um, Education Foundation and really fill in the gaps. And I really grew at that company, really fell in love even more with the construction industry and graduated with my degree in business. And I I just really loved what was happening as I grew and um, got to the point where I became an assistant project manager and advanced. And I knew that there was something missing. I loved working with people. I wanted to continue doing that. And so after leaving there, I, um, I advanced my career as a project manager working for a custom home builder here in Orlando. That process was even more intriguing to me, working hand in hand with the clients to choose their finishes and their building products every day. And, um, and an opportunity came about eight months into that job that, that was really telling. Um, I had the opportunity to move into a project management position with Mills in Nebraska. And I had this moment where I said, you know what? Um, what I really want is to work with people. It's my passion. I need to be real with myself. Um, I think it's what's missing in the absolute joy in my career. And I think I'm ready to take the risk to move my career in that direction. And, um, and it was so worth taking that risk because today I am at the corner of happy and healthy. <laughs> I'm really, just really, really enjoying every day. It's a lot of work um, as an organizational business development manager. Our company is 20 plus million per year and we are we have over 60 employees and I just love every single day. So this topic of finding finding your your joy in your job. And, and and finding that through aligning it with your intrinsic traits and your strengths is exactly what I'm glad that we're talking about that today. Well, thank you for that. Um, I think you're right. This is a conversation that, you know, needs to be opened up. And um, like I said before, you and I have been talking about this because, you know, we've struggled in this area ourselves, right? Like, um, I think recently you you 
getting on board at Mills, it made you realize, like, so let me ask it, this as a question. When did you know that you needed to make a move, that you weren't really in the right place? Like, what was that defining moment for you? So I, I always knew that, um, I shouldn't say always, I should say that the more that I tried to align myself with my purpose, the more I realized, the more I looked within myself, the more I realized how out of line I was. Um, I did a deep dive. And a lot of that came from being around leaders that encouraged me to continuously do that. So there wasn't, I can't pinpoint one point in time. I think we all get to that moment where, we, where we're driving home in the car from work and we're like, I am 100% sure I am not happy <laughs> or probably to work, you know, <laughs> waking up and going, oh my God, another day of this, right? Um, yeah. I think we all get to that point, but I, I do believe there was a building. There was a building that as I discovered more about myself, that as I could pinpoint the moments where there was just joy at work, it was those moments that I was having those one-on-ones with my coworkers and saying, where are you now? Where do you want to be? Let me help you get there. And to be honest with you, it happened throughout my career. I, I remember my very first job, I was giggling last night when I was thinking back to that first job and thinking, man, HR and organizational development was always in my purview because I remember when my boss couldn't make it to um, the interviews, uh, gosh, this was 20 years ago, I would pull out my little French dictionary and my my Spanish dictionary and, and try to figure out the words for electrical and do you know how to read blueprints? And I was conducting the interviews myself and the people were so gracious and sweet. But after time, I kind of got, you know, a little bit fluent and I was building that from way, that love for people and for helping them to get to that right place way back then. And as we, as I went along and as I got involved in NAWIC and through the mentorship program, I really felt like I just hit the nail on the head. For me, just if I could do something like that every day, I said to myself after, you know, the first mentorship, I was like, I'll, I could do this for free. And and that just stayed with me. And the more I did it, the more it resonated with me that building people was the key for me. I needed to find a way to build people. And I found a way along, found ways along the way, whether it was through encouraging them and, you know, giving talks and speaking to young people in engineering programs at high schools or, or participating in whatever we were doing as a chapter. Um, but I realized that if I could do that every day and get paid for it, then I would have the drive home and the drive to work would be a lot different. You know, so <laughs> that was the moment of saying, what are you afraid of? And I remember you asking me this a couple of years ago, like, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And why are you afraid to go for it? And I told you, you know, Nate, my husband, um, uh, has always encouraged me to get into HR. And I've always said, that is just so boring. Like, I don't ever want to be called an HR person. 
but here I am, you know, killing it as an HR. <laughs> well, and I think that that's, you know, you touch on a very important thing, right? So there's not one defining moment necessarily when you're on this journey and you're seeking out, you know, how to be that best version of yourself that's going to align up with you, you know, going to work every day and being fulfilled in that. It is an ongoing internal conversation, right? And yeah. you're always seeking that out and positioning it in different ways. Is this where I'm supposed to be? Well, am I happy here? Well, yeah, I could have it a lot worse. But at the end of the day, you go home and you think, you know, I hate to complain because so many people are out of work or right. having much, right. you know, their lives are much worse off. But at the end of the day, you're not fulfilled. And, yeah. and so, uh, you know, that alignment conversation is so yeah. important because that's what it boils down to. If you aren't happy in your job, it's because your alignment is not off. You, your personal values, your strengths, your um, the things that you love to do are not lining up with with the door you're walking into every day. Right. And that might not only be with you; it could be with the people you work for. Right. Right. And there's so many little influences there. And I think yeah. it is important. What I hear you saying is you have to have an internal awareness, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And awareness to, is so important. I, I remember having this conversation a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, I think it was with my friend Jennifer Morales, and we were talking about this whole aligning and why am I so happy? And I said, you know, we may not know we may not be in a job that is absolutely perfect and so our goal is to always be aligning right always be aligning it comes from that old saying you know always be selling you know always yes. be aligning because for example i always tell people who join um NAWIC that find the committee that resonates really strongly with you don't get involved mm. in any everything because if you if you get involved with what really resonates, whether it's construction career camp or block kids or CAD drafting or to be a board member, to make a change and stand up on behalf of the entire chapter, you know, to make sure that um, financially and, you know, all res the best decisions are being made for the chapter in whatever way that resonates with you, that's how you should step forward. And it's the same thing here. If you are at a job, you may not be misaligned, but there may be things that you need to major on at, instead of it being just a small part of the job, it, it becomes the bigger part of the job, make the best part of the job the, 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 the part of the job that you do the most. And so you right. may be, Make in, the thing, I, the thing. I, right. <laughs> if you, I was in a job where I was a project manager and was helping people in the company align to their best goals without it even being part of my job description or my title. That was the right. best, at the end of the day, that was the best part of the job for me. And I needed to, to be aware of that and then recognize I need to align to that. How can I align to that? Instead of saying, mm. well, you don't understand, I'm, I'm making really good money. I am working for really great people. Like, how could I walk away from those two things? And you know, deep within, deep down inside, if you're not, if you're just misaligned, just 
you may need to just align a little bit more and align. And sometimes it comes by asking for what you want, right? Um, if the opportunity is there for you to step up and take that role that you love so that that's more of what you do, um, you can ask ask for what you want, if that's what you want. Or it may be that you say like me, as scary as this is, I'm asking for it. I really want, you know, I had this conversation with Bridget Pulsiver in the parking lot of a Orlando alehouse. And I said, I remember hearing myself say the words, I want to work with people. And her next words were actually, someone who did that position just left. <laughs> and I was able to, to move into that position and actually, you know, uh, build on that with the skills that I was bringing to the, to the company. And it was just the right fit. I had no idea that by saying that, by saying what I wanted, it would open the door, the door that I, I needed for me. Um, but, you know, that's really an interesting statement. Like, I think that that is something I never considered before. So a lot of times you, you're doing things at work. You think your job is this, but you find yourself doing other things because those are your strengths, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about this all the mm -hmm. time about utilizing your strengths where you're at. Like, and I'm sitting here thinking about my own role. Um, you know, I've got a new job and I was hired um, to oversee a program. But what mm -hmm. I find myself doing is reverting back to the things that I love to do is yes. working with the team and getting them to collaborate and helping them with their leadership and their communication yeah. skills and yeah. learning how to work together and give that best experience to a client, which was kind of, is, was not really on the job description, right. but it's what uh, my natural space and yeah. so I find myself automatically pivoting into that role and they are noticing here. They're like, yeah. you need to talk with the other program manager and get them to do what you're doing because right. whatever you're doing, we're seeing massive change in people yeah. that have been here for 20 years that yeah. have been stuck in their ways and you're right. getting them to do things. And I'm, I'm surprised by it, you know, because it's just how well, doesn't everybody work this way? <laughs> but right. apparently not. And right. you just talked about, I didn't even realize that I was making the main thing that I do, the main right. thing in my job. And right. it is aligning me here. And I, like you, am finding so much more purpose in my day. I go home yeah. happy. I look forward to going to work every day. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really insightful thing yeah. for people. It's it's because you're using your strengths and you are a hundred percent aware of what your, what your strengths are and how you can leverage your strengths. You cannot tell me that within a day of work, you are not bringing the last 30 years of experience. And I think as women, that's one of the things I think we need to remember. If you are, um, are working in any type of career and you want to pivot, actually, if you want to do a whole 360 and just don't think that you are starting from scratch, that's one of the mistakes that I made. I, I limited myself by, by that next position. When I heard uh, organizational and business development manager going from project manager uh, in construction for 20 years to 
to to work in this capacity for this company, all I thought of was the potential for failure. When wow. intrinsically it was you thought you were starting over. Right. And I thought I was yeah. just it was it was so small. What I was bringing to the table is not any experience with this. When intrinsically, Angela, it was every single thing I had been doing. Yes, for the past it was the the next. It was a logical progression, right? Right. Taking all of your skills I, into I didn't this see new it role. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. And so we can't be afraid. We have to be willing to say. Instead of looking at a job description and saying, I don't know how to do this, you should probably look at it and say, what are the strengths that are that there that this is calling on me for? And do they resonate with the strengths that are intrinsic and natural to me? Because if if this represents the strengths that are most natural to me, then I'm gonna bring it every single day because it's gonna be a walk in the park. It's going to be much easier than me trying to leverage my degree to be able to do a good job. You know, Um, the educational piece of it plays a part, but unbelievably, it's not as big a part as as some of us think. Mm, That's so true. And I think what we value as well is so important, right? Because if if we have values and the and the place that we're the people that we're going to work for, if their values aren't the same and we're not getting this that level of support, I think that can really cause a misalignment. And that is definitely something we can do something about. You know, maybe we need to consider either having that conversation or we are just not working for the right people because those values are our guiding principles, right? They, They guide us to what is important or essential in our lives. And, and so why do you think that's so important? I think that if the, your values are aligned with the company that with your, with the company that you're going to work for, there isn't a clash in um, agendas. When I think of value, I think Mm -hmm. of the agenda that's behind all of the motivation for what's what's happening on a day-to-day basis. I'm not going to have to argue with my boss about why we should care about this cause or why we should value the employee um, uh, in, input or making sure that the decisions that are made are not just made in a silo and from only the executive team's perspective, right? So whatever those values are that you hold true to you and knowing what your own values are are really, really important. It comes right full circle back to self-awareness. When you sit in that interview, you could be listening for what's va- what, what the value is. I remember sitting in my interview being um, a, my last year of college interviewing with Gary Boyer and Matt Johnson at, at Boyer Building Corp. And I remember asking that question, what do you value most um, in your company? And Gary sharing with me that his employees were his biggest value. And over the next eight years that I worked there, I can say that that was very true because there was such a high value placed on who we were, how we were showing up at work, um, what type of work we took, um, and 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 understanding that the employee was really, really important. Here at Mills, too, it was very refreshing to 
come into a company that said they were family oriented. And from the first minute I got here, that's exactly the feeling I got. And I've walked other employees who I've, you know, onboarded since being here. And that's exactly what I hear. Oh my God, it feels like such a family here. And that's amazing. What we value um, must match the companies that we go to work for, because again, it's going to come back to, if I tell you that my family is most important and you are my boss, I'm not asking for permission to drive to South Florida if my mom's, you know, not well. You're probably, as my boss, going to say, I know you value your family. You need to head, head to South Florida, right? And that's because it's going to be naturally what what coincides with those two, when those two things meet, the employee and the employer and those values. It's, it's so important that you're not butting heads when it comes to um what the employer says and what they do in terms of their core values. Yeah, you know, and and I I believe that your professional life intertwines with your personal life. And it's so important to identify how you fit best in your how all of that fits in with your career because again, what if you had worked for somebody that said, well, I'm sorry, you got a big project. Can you go right. after you get off work? You, you would be devastated and you would not want to work for people like that. And right. you would be under a tremendous amount of stress. You would right. not feel valued <laughs> in your right. career. And, and that causes a huge misalignment. And if, if those things don't match up for you, yeah. all kinds of things yeah. can can ensue, right? Anywhere from just a general sense of discomfort or a right. lack of connection to a lack of motivation, uh, yeah. always wanting to be looking for your next day off or even right. becoming so miserable, you become depressed or even ill. Like, you know, people like this, they get physically ill because they are so unhappy where they work. Yeah. It's, it's just, I think it's such a huge issue and whenever I hear anybody in our circle say, I, I just don't know. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. It is always comes back to some sort of an alignment issue. Yeah. So how, you know, from an HR perspective, mm-hmm. how can people, like, what would you tell your employment employee, employees? How can they try to find more alignment? What would you suggest? Um, I had this conversation just yesterday and actually just an hour ago with someone else that knocked on my door and was asking about um, some courses for educational. Um, We have to know, we have to get crystal clear about what we want. That's the first step, I think. I, as an employer, can have five different educational routes for any employee to take, whether it's someone in the warehouse or someone in um, our financial department or whatever it may be. But unless we know for ourselves what we want to accomplish and who we want to be, it's, it's wasted time. So to any employee that is walking into my office looking for direction, I'm advocating and standing as their ally and saying, let me help you figure out what you want. What do you want? Because let's make sure that we're walking down a path that's not just curated based on what 
benefits mills. I want to make sure that this is is resonating with with your strengths. With are you aware of what those are? Are you bringing those to play every day at work? Some people haven't taken the time to really look at their self from that you know that point of view as yet. Um, and sometimes that's what it takes. So be very clear about what you want, and then get with those who can help you figure out what, how to, how to get those goals accomplished according to what you determine is that, is that big goal. So you're going to have that um, desire probably to probably start back college, right? That's the thought um, from my friend yesterday. I'm not sure if I want to go to college. Well, let's figure out first where, where you are. What do you want big picture? And if college is a thing, then we need to break that down and say, what, what's the next step when you figure out what type of college, what education you need. And we need to be willing to take the action, the put energy to take that action, to find out the information, get a couple, you know, college visits, whatever it may be, we need to take the onus and responsibility ourselves to put action to accomplish our goal whatever it may be. So that, that I think is like the basis of, of the, of what I would tell an employee. And then we'd, we'd be walking that through to fruition, because I think if we have a plan in place, if we have a plan in place and we can break that plan down into smaller bite-sized pieces where along the way, both he's, he, he or she is being has an accountability, right? Mm-hmm. What's the first step? What's the second step? What's the third step? That's one of the things that I feel like I got through mentorships at NAWIC was having someone like you, um, you know, and other people as my mentors to say, okay, where are you at? What are you doing? Yes, you're finishing your degree, but right now you need to be brought up to speed with the people that you're working with. Here are some courses that you know, I took that could be beneficial to you. And I said, okay, so first we start off with the CIT, right? Construction Industry Technician. And then we build from there. The chapter was offering CDT and we build from there. The overall goal of becoming a project manager was five years down the line. But I was able to break it off in small pieces along with, you know, mentors alongside of me saying, do this, make sure you get projects under your belt, make sure you get that field experience so that you're marketable. Um, So that's what I would do here um, is really provide that sort of mentorship ability with the, um, with the employees so that they figure out first what they want and then we figure out how to get them there. So now let's flip that around to the job seeker Mm -hmm. uh, or even somebody that's seeking to move into a new role or a promotion. Uh, What questions do they ask? Because, you know, I think this is something you and I both dealt with just even in this past year is you might've been comfortable where you were at financially, right? Making, you know, the right money or, um, you know, the right title, but, when you're going in and you know you're just not happy where you're at, what questions do they ask of the employer to make sure they're aligned? 
Right. And to make sure that when they take that next job, it doesn't become, uh, they don't get stuck, right? They are yes, able yes. to, right. So I would, yeah. I would definitely suggest going back to first base is really knowing what you want. And, mm. and what I love about what I'll tell you about my own experience when I interviewed here, um, I, I knew that what, what I knew was that I wanted to work with people. Um, and what I knew was that was what I was bringing to the table, which was construction, a lot of construction experience and leadership experience through um, my years as president of our chapter at NAWIC and um, the other leadership positions, both regionally and nationally and different things like that. And what I was able to leverage was specifically that a love for connecting with and working with people and then understanding how to now on a broader scale, um, how do I affect the business by being able to do that? So when I came in, I wasn't interviewing for an organizational development position, but my interviewer saw, saw that potential and said, I know exactly what, what, what we're going to grow, what we're able to grow this into. And we were able to even see the, from my questions during the interview, that there was more here to than just organizational development, but business development as well. And so when you go as an interviewee, you need to know what your um, skill sets are. What are what are you good at? What what do you find that you are drawn to? Um, for I love that our CFO Jason Keane. I always use him as an example. He's so inspiring. He is a CFO, CPA certified, but he is a technology wizard. And every day he comes to work, he brings that energy. We have a lot of technology changes, and he's. He's leveraging all of that capacity where he started his career in technology to be able to be this like next level CFO, absolute badass, if I can say that, that that's <laughs> really, that's really, really amazing at his job because he's leveraging all of these strengths. So if you know what your strengths are, when you come to that interview, you want to be talking about the fact that, that you had leadership opportunities, you had them on a regional scale, you had them on a national scale, and be be more comfortable, be very comfortable with talking about yourself, about what you've accomplished, what are the the big things that your your company your the companies that you worked for in the past really would miss are missing from you with you not being there? What were your, what were the things that you left that were, that, that they're still using today? Those are the kinds of things that really tell an employer that you're bringing um, more than just that finite job description um, mm. to play and that there's growth potential. So that when you ask the question, can you tell me a little bit more about how my role in this company can grow? What's the next, what are the next two or three years look like for me in this company? And if I meet every one of the, um, the objectives that is laid out here in this job description, what's next? What can I look forward to if I bring my A game to play at, you know, XYZ company? Um, and we have to ask the question of ourselves, what we're willing 
to give and take so that we get the job that we really want. Because for some of us, we're, um, we're really comfortable, right? With whether it's financially or we love the people that we work with. That was my case. Um, uh, we have to, to say for this next level that I'm trying to get, get to, what am I willing to give up to be able to have at this new job? Probably it offers more flexibility. It offers more family time. It offers more um, more vacation, whatever it may be. Um, what am I what am I willing to give up uh, to be able to get the life, the the may I say balance that I'm seeking, the more the better balance that I'm seeking. Because mm. um, it may be a financial, you know, you may have to come off that I'm not, I don't want to work for anything less than this, but this company is is willing to let you work from home, you know, you know, full time or or part time or, you know, there may be some give and take. So you have to know that for yourself, though, so that you can talk about that in the interview and and uh, leverage that. Yeah. And I think that these are things that can apply no matter what role you hold in construction yeah. or any career, really. Right. Like I know that a lot of like we've been talking a lot about um, you know, just on the project management side or on the business side, but this also conveys out into the field as well. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of women out working in the field and they, you know, um, a lot of trades women and they're very purposeful about their work and they love what they right. do, but maybe they want to move up and these, they can take these same principles and apply them across the board because we all want to progress in our career. We all have those goals. Uh, you know, maybe you love working in the field so much you want to stay there, but you want to work more into a leadership role. You can apply right. these no matter what it is. Right. I like the idea of being strategic. Because not everyone gets the opportunity to make make moves, like we say, you know, whenever we feel like it. a lot of us have families, have kids, have aging parents, and may not be able to just pick up one day and 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 decide we want to chase that that dream that um, you know our intrinsic strengths. You know, I have a, a friend who. Um, right now, his wife is pursuing a PhD, and so he's working the job that gets the family through the next couple of years where that's possible. And then, you know, the agreement is, you know, they'll switch roles while she makes the dough. He's going to pursue, you know, his passions. And I really, really admire that. And that speaks to the reality, their reality. Right. That's a different reality for me and my husband who are who don't have kids. Right. We can't we have that flexibility to really pursue at the drop of a hat what we want to. So but we can all be very strategic. Take take a look at where you are right now. Make sure you understand where you want to be and whatever small steps you can take right now to help you get there, whether it's an education, educational step, whether it's getting a mentorship, whether it's um, starting to network with the, with the groups um, that you, so let's just say I decide that in three years, I want to be an estimator. A top move would be to join associations like 
ABC and NAWIC and TCA, where there are estimators who are working in construction that will be able to create this network for you that you'd be able to leverage in that three-year period. Um, sometimes the small steps like that help us to so quickly get to our goal before we even thought we would get there because we strategically took moves, didn't stay and say, well, I'll wait for the next three years to you know, stay in this position. No, it's the small step forward that makes all the difference and being consistent with that step, continuously taking um, those small moves is what I think really moves the um makes the goal a reality. Um, I think for so much of us, we don't understand it. It could happen faster mm -hmm. than we think, you know? Yep, happens just like that. And that yeah. was perfectly said. Kizzy, I have to thank you so much for joining me today because I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while now. The insights, the conversations, uh, they're always so valuable. We often talk about how we feel like we could, you know, conquer all the world's problems if we, you know, give it enough time. Uh, so great. thank you again so much for You're being welcome. here. It's My great pleasure. to have you on. My pleasure. In closing, uh, if any of this conversation resonates with the listeners out there, I would challenge you to consider the following. What are your core values? What are your strengths? And what are your goals? Once you can answer these questions, consider how all of that aligns with where you are in your career. And hopefully, it will point you in the direction of which way you would like to go. Once again, I'd like to thank the fabulous Kizzy Ferrer for joining me today. Always amazing. And I'd also like to thank our sponsor and partner, TouchPlan, a leading construction planning software that makes project outcomes more predictable and profitable, delivering progress progressive job site data and analytic solutions that transform construction into a more collaborative, transparent, and predictable process. TouchPlan is committed to the belief that learning from data is the key to improving project certainty. And as always, thank you, the listener, for joining me today. I would love to hear from you. If you've got any topics you'd like to hear about, please email me at podcast at .org. Don't miss out on episodes. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and you can subscribe to any one of those and always know when new episodes are released. You can also find past episodes on our website, nawick.org forward slash podcasts. That's all for now. But just remember, we are just getting started. 